Hi, and welcome to Marking the Roll, a podcast for teachers. We're based in the Illawarra, um, but we're really for teachers all over Australia and the world. My name is Phil Dye. I'm an ex-teacher, and uh, I'm passionate about education and teaching. This is a primer for season three, and uh, I've had a question. What is a primer? Well, it's just an introduction, and it tells you um, what's going to be happening during season three of Marking the Role. Um, firstly, we've had a, a great response to the bonus episode um, with Daphne Gomez, the teacher career coach from the USA. Um, and that was episode 17 as a bonus episode. Um, if you're thinking of leaving the field, have a listen to that because the response has been great. We've also had a a great response to the short video we put out for parents about changes uh, to the behaviour and inclusion policies that could affect their children. You can see that on our YouTube channel. We've also had uh, a couple of emails from subscribers saying that they're not getting anything, um, which is odd because we send out uh, messages whenever there's a new episode or there's a bonus episode. Um, And I can only imagine that some of that is going to their spam folder. So um, if you're a subscriber, it's free to subscribe. You just go to markingtherole.com.au and it's free to subscribe. And we don't share your email address or anything like that with anyone else. Um, But check to make sure that our emails aren't going to spam because we do use a Gmail and um, marking the role is a long name. Perhaps it's going to spam. Now, a few changes coming up for uh, Season 3. Lee Louise, um, our gallant producer, come um, actress, um, come speaker and voice changer, um, who's produced this this, um, podcast, has got a job. (gasps) Oh no, a real job for real money. Um, But she's still going to be assisting in the production of... Uh, the podcast, um, but she won't be able to give the time. So therefore, I can't guarantee there's going to be eight episodes. There will be definitely four that we've planned on and um, maybe more, probably more, but um, good on Lee. She's a hairdresser by trade. Lee's working at the Spicy Apple in Thoreau. If you live in the Illawarra and you want a haircut, just ring up the Spicy Apple and say, I want Lee to cut my hair and we can talk about teaching and marking the role. Our changes also will be the podcast won't be up to 45, 50 minutes. We're trying to limit them to 35 minutes, which is the average trip for a teacher to go to work in the car. This is what we've researched, and we think that's probably a good time. Now, what's in store for uh, season three? Well, the first two episodes are going to be on trauma-informed teaching. Now, this is going to be a big issue over the next two years. It's far bigger than um, some of the other stuff that teachers have had uh, PD on, like uh, gender dysphoria. Um, It's a far bigger issue. Um, And in the first episode, I'm interviewing Beck Thompson, uh, a teacher from Queensland who has written a book called Chasing Normal. And wow, that is one hell of a read. Um, 
Now, uh, Beck comes from a trauma background. She's also a teacher, so she's very well equipped to talk about um, this whole topic. So um, there's going to be two episodes on trauma-informed teaching. Episode 18, uh, which will be on recognising students who have experienced trauma because um, it is not always easy to recognise. And episode 19 will be on how to adjust your teaching in order to cater for those students. So I know some teachers are saying, oh, no, not more paperwork, not more stuff we've got to do, because you're already bogged down with that already. But no, there's none of that. Um, it's simply making some subtle adjustments um, to your teaching style. Back in 1972, uh, I, well, I grew up with a trauma background, and um, it only took one visit from my mother to the school for the school for the school to realize that and uh thank goodness they did because they made some adjustments um for me which i realize now were absolutely terrific so we'll talk a bit about that as well episode 20 is going to be on the rise of gender dysphoria is it really increasing or have the advocates or the, um, the, the groups that are behind this become more media savvy and we're hearing more about it. The research internationally says that there is between 0.005 and 0.014 percentage of the population experiencing gender dysphoria. However, you would think from the media that this is a very common occurrence. Well, it is certainly not. So we'll be looking at that. Episode 21, we're going to be looking at um, how the new inclusion and behaviour policies are going um, for you. <laughs> they were introduced in New South Wales for Term 4 and introduced in other states around about the same time, a bit earlier in some states. Um, for example, now in Queensland, you can't put a, a student on detention or keep them in to do their maths, even for half of recess time. It's a restrictive practice and falls under the restraint policy. You can't do that. So we'll be looking at how all that's going. Now, there may well be other episodes coming up as things arise. So it is very different in Season 3. Trauma-informed teaching, which we're passionate about. Well, I am. Uh, we're going to be talking about gender dysphoria. We're going to be talking about how the new policy is going and be prepared for something else that might pop up. Now, I've had emails from um, advocates of the behaviour policies and advocates of inclusion, and which, by the way, I, we all agree with inclusion, just that some areas of disability um, shouldn't be in a mainstream classroom. Most disabled kids can be, but there are a few examples where the kids shouldn't be. Um, but the comments have been that, that all of this complaint is coming from older teachers. It's not coming from young teachers because the older teachers know how it was and they are slow to adjust their methods and they're old fogies and like me and all of that sort of stuff. Well, um, that's not the case. I'm sorry, but the... Um, the complaints are also coming from young teachers who are not coping at all. And I thought I would use the words of Lauren Walters. She was the 2022 Australian Schools Plus Early Career Teacher Award recipient. 
Um, so she is an award-winning young teacher. She was in um, an inaugural debate to focus on the crisis in our schools organised by the Australian Catholic University. And look, there were some, there were some good speakers on that. Um, a bit of pie in the sky, um, but you know, quite a bit of grassroots stuff as well. She talked real life stuff. I'm amazed that they let her be on it in a way. Um, so here she is, Lauren Walters, uh, the Early Career Teacher Award recipient, talking about her job. As an early career teacher, like coming out of university, and I know that so many other early career teachers feel this way, and Lisa touched on it, um, you know, I felt so underprepared for teaching in disadvantaged school. I probably would have been perfectly fine teaching at um, a really high performing school, but the thing about teaching in a disadvantaged school is that there's this assumption as a high school teacher that you're there to teach the high school content. But students are coming in without the foundational knowledge of reading and writing and numeracy. Um, you know, so you expect them to be, you know, have a solid understanding of, you know, the stage one, two and three content. And then, you know, they come into stage four and year seven and I could teach them the year seven content. But there are kids who can't count. There are kids who, who don't have a basic level of English proficiency. Um, there are students who are working at a year two level of reading. So um, I wasn't prepared for that. And, you know, I didn't know anything about teaching kids how to read. That wasn't part of what I had studied. I wasn't a primary school teacher. I knew about teaching high school. Um, so that was really difficult. Um, and then also um, at my school, we have a really high portion of students who are EALD, so English as an additional language or dialect. So I think we've got close to 80% of our students who are EALD. So their English proficiency is varied. Um, some are only just learning English now, and that's a huge challenge for a beginning teacher, probably for any teacher. Um, and then, of course, there's students with behavioural issues in class. So kids that have ADHD, kids that have oppositional defiance disorder, conduct disorders. And I didn't, I didn't know how to manage that in a classroom. I've got 30 kids and there's just so much going on. And then on top of that, there are kids uh, like all of the diversity students, kids who um, are on personalised plans because they've got diagnosed learning difficulties. So at my school, three in every eight students is on a personalised plan. And, you know, depending on what their diagnosis is, they all require different teaching strategies. And I've got 30 kids in a classroom with all of this going on and it is stressful. <laughs> it is stressful because, you know, like I walk into a classroom and I'm not just teaching students at a stage four level. I am teaching students who vary in like six years in their comprehension of reading, writing and numeracy. Like some kids are working year two and some are working, you know, year seven and year eight. It's, it's really difficult. And I felt really underprepared for that um, going into a classroom, really underprepared. Um, but another thing, you know, when you think of a teacher, you think of someone standing in a classroom, you know, working with students. Um, and I love being in the classroom, but that's actually a really small part of teaching. Um, there's just so much stuff that we have to do. You know, teaching, being there in the classroom, working with our kids is the best part. But it's such a small part. There's just so much paperwork. And I know, you know, in the media, they're always talking about paperwork and, you know, all the admin that we have to do. But so I, to prepare for this, I sat down and I made a list of all the things that we have to do um, that really take us away from 
preparing good lessons for our students. Um, you know, we've got compliance. Compliance is a huge thing. We have to maintain 24-7 compliance in case we get audited at any time. So even though we keep like a detailed lesson sequence, you know, or maybe we're using Google Classroom or Canvas where everything is on there and it's all dated, I still have to date and sign and annotate all my programs with all the adjustments that I've made for students every single lesson. Um, and then of course we've got meetings. So many meetings, full staff meetings, staff briefings, faculty meetings, um, pastoral meetings, you know, like well-being stuff. Uh, we have case management meetings, meetings with parents, meetings with students, you name it, we've got meetings on it. And it's always either before school, after school, or during our planning periods, or on our lunch breaks. And I haven't even, I've got like 19 more things on my list to mention, but I'm running out of time. Um, you know, we've got marking, don't even get me started on the marking. and. Luckily I'm math, so we can make use of technology for marking, um, but like English teachers, they can't rely on a computer to mark an essay. Have you tried marking an essay? It's, I tried teaching English for one term and oh my God, I don't know how they do it. It was exhausting. Um, yes. <laughs> so there's just marking, so much marking. And then of course, there, we've got like a professional development overload, I suppose, you know, we've we're constantly be inundated with new teaching strategies that we need to be incorporating, you know, uh, trauma-informed practice. We're learning about gender dysphoria. We're learning about, um, we've got all of our mandatory training, voice care, child protection, um, anaphylaxis, asthma, diabetes, you name it, we're doing professional development on it. And it's, it's, it can be really overwhelming. Um, then there's the, this is, oh, sorry, I'm almost finished. Uh, then we've got the constant changing systems that we have to learn. So technology, you know, we, we have so many different types of technology to keep track of data and, you know, student attendance and all this sort of stuff. Like as of today, in order to be proficient in my job, I need to be proficient in Compass, Edval, Markbook, SM Reports, Faces, Google Classroom, Canvas, Edrollo, Education Perfect and Maths Online. And that's not including my leadership duties. That is just to do my regular teaching jobs, like to do my regular teaching stuff. Um, and those things are constantly changing. Things become obsolete. You've got to learn a whole new system. So the workload for our teachers is massive. Um, it's just, and yeah, I haven't even ticked off all my little things that I listed. Being a teacher is exhausting. So there is a crisis in our schools, let me tell you. Right, well, <laughs> you got that. It's not just older teachers, it's the young ones who are drowning as well, and that is from an award-winning uh, young teacher. Now, the, the rest of the individuals on that panel, look, they were pretty good, and they all, you know, knew that there was stuff that was going wrong. Some of it, as I said, was pie in the sky, but we'll be playing some um, excerpts from that panel discussion um, during individual uh, episodes in Season 3. So I urge you to become a subscriber to Marking the Role. It's free. Um, what's not free is to make a little donation because this is run by volunteers. We don't make any money. Um, and just go to markingtherole.com.au and click on the little yellow coffee cup and you can make a donation of five bucks. Uh, my name's Phil Dye. Uh, you've been listening to Marking the Role, a primer for season three. And you'll hear the first full episode of the season on October 19th. See you then. Mm -hmm.